You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. Hey guys, welcome to the After Laugh. This podcast is sponsored by Daisy Antonio, our patron. Hell who, yeah. Who has given us Domino's gift cards. Which and let me ordered. tell you, I have not eaten today because food is expensive. Food so is expensive. Thank you. You're thank welcome, you. Tommy. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm content claim crap. Thank you, Daisy Antonio. Yes, thank you. So, Daisy. Tommy Wakefield, how you doing, man? It's been a while. Um, good. Good yeah, to be you know, back on the pod. You know. You know, I love ha- having Tommy on the on the um, podcast because he's always very honest about stuff. <laughs> and he doesn't want to talk about stuff. Nope. But I just go, come on, Tommy, and then you break down. And you talk. About well, stuff. I can't lie. I'm not a good liar. <laughs> I'm a you, terrible liar. My, my college roommate was one of these guys where. If there was a party out in the street, mm-hmm. Prospect Street at Princeton, he'd have an exam. He was an engineer. Come on, Mike. Let's go to the let's go to the party. No, man, I got an exam tomorrow. And I'd be like, Mike, come on. All right. <laughs> Damn it, I'm Mike, dude. I don't want to be a Mike. I get dragged into all sorts of shit. So we're we're gonna get into it because Tommy, people have been following. You know, you're you're a fan favorite. People like you. They ask questions <laughs> about you. Uh huh. The ladies. And you've been in this relationship that's been right. going, you know, it's been good. There's Like any relationship, there's ups and downs, uh-huh. right? And I always look at relationships like a job. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's either fair. You're, either this is a job you want to do or it's a job you don't want to do. And it's never really personal. It's like, oh, we're, I actually, my job application and what you're offering for a job aren't the same thing. So let's shake hand and walk away. So- now you've been having a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a, a bumpy, bumpiness, right? I I don't know if I would say it's like a job to me. It's more like it's like a passion project because mm. okay. it's work. It's work, and it's tedious. Yes, but it's also ideally something you want to be doing. Yes, whereas I almost never want to be doing a job, right? <laughs> like good point. Like it's it's a movie you wrote. Yes. And you've got to make the damn thing. Yes. But you don't have to make the movie. But the problem is you're making the movie and you think you're the lead in the movie. Turns out you're a fucking co-star. True. True. <laughs> well, you're the director, but you are not the one paying for the yeah. damn thing and you are not in charge. Yeah. You're the director, but there's a diva actress who's like, this is how I'm going to do the fucking scene. And not only is she the diva actress, she's paying for the movie. Ooh. And if you say we should do it this way and she says we should do it that way, it is just the illusion of power. You yes. have no control. It is like Now, yeah, there is and you you mentioned <laughs> this before we started. There was a, there's a a video on the Laugh Factory website. All right. Which was recorded literally a week after I went through the worst breakup of my life. Yeah. And I was really fucking, and I think it was the first time I did that bit. Some of the jokes have been there, but I did this bit, and it it wasn't like a per, like oh such a great bit. But I think it it is probably of the Laugh Factory videos, other than the N word video, it has the most views, because I think people can tell that oh here's a guy 
authentically speaking what he believes about relationships. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've always felt, and I still feel this way, and I've kind of resurrected that bit. I feel that when you're in your 20s, it's, it's really great to be in love. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like, oh, so cute. Yeah. Because the chance of a relationship in your 20s actually working and coming to fruition and, you know, what, what, what's the option? Either you break up or you Get die married. together. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So, but you feel so much. You have so much energy, so much passion at that age that like, those are always the worst breakups. Th- that and then when you're like fifth grade or like seventh grade. Right. And you get your heart broken. It's the end of the goddamn world. Oh my God. The, um, the emotions you feel as a middle schooler are so incredibly sharp and painful. Oh like the God. first time you've ever felt something like that. Yeah. Too much. Too you much. understand why people want to commit suicide at that age. I mean, yeah. Because you think your life is over. I mean, I, the thing that I had, until I went and got my therapy. Thank God girls didn't like me at the time, so I didn't have to worry <laughs> about that. Sorry. They didn't like me either. <laughs> I was deluded though. Um, until I went through the, this therapy that I went through, I... I was getting in relationships where I, like my identity was just sort of hitched to this person. Yeah. And um, the thought of breaking up meant my entire worldview was destroyed. Yeah. Like I had no way to actually get through the world without this person that I attached myself to. Like one of the first girlfriends out in LA was this, this model. And she was part of the Hollywood scene. She'd get in any party she wanted to. She was six feet tall, walk in. And so I got to go with her to these cool things. Yeah. And then when we broke up, I'm like, I'm no longer a c- creature of Hollywood. I'm, I, I'm now just a dude with my dick in my hand in my studio apartment. It's the worst when your girl has like a superpower too. Like I would refer to that as a superpower. Yeah. Right? Like, like she's getting you into something or mm-hmm. she has a business connection. Just tons of friends. Or she has a crazy skill or... Yeah. or she can fly you places or she like is an amazing cook or or like just some type of superpower where it's like oh it just makes it so much more painful like i'm never gonna eat that filet mignon again you think you're never ever gonna meet someone as cool yeah someone that you vibe with sexually yeah artistically emotionally first of all i would say that that's never the case Every girl has got a new superpower. Every girl has a new superpower. That's the fun of it. Yeah, the great thing about women is that they're better than us. Yeah, and women true. will always have a superpower that we don't have. Here's the thing about women: they are definitely better than us. And what counterbalances it is that we're cooler than them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're- they are mad. They don't care how much better than us they are. They're mad they're not as cool as us. Wow, that's fascinating. They're like, they could be better at everything in the world, but we don't care. And yeah. that's what makes us cool. Yeah. We have They're the like, ability. why don't you care that you're bad? And I'm yeah. like, because I'm cool, baby. We have the ability to not care, we which is care. remarkable. And like, they care. They care. Like, which is men, not cool. Like men, there are a lot of men that we know mm-hmm. that are sociopaths, like straight up sociopaths. And that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> but there are really some really <laughs> successful comics we know that may be in trouble right now that are fucking sociopaths every for sure. successful person in hollywood it's crazy right <laughs> is a sociopath and sociopath doesn't mean that you're killing unless people. you're booking me <laughs> <laughs> and sociopath doesn't mean that you're ted bundy with your little vw bug and your arm cast trapping women killing them it just means but that you would be if you could get away with yes it. But it just means that you really deep down 
you don't really care. Mm. If you really hurt someone, you're like, that's too bad. I care. I know you care. You're not a sociopath. That's why I'm not that cool. Yeah, but you're still cooler than a woman. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but- people will say stuff like, "No, it's it's cool that you care." What's my mom? My mom always used to say, "What's cool about you is that you do care." And I was like, "That means I'm not cool." You should mom. care. Don't but tell never people care that. as much as a woman cares about anything. I wish I could. Do you? No. Yeah. Wait. No. no I mean, who knows? <laughs> by the way, though. By the way, though. Sometimes we do. Yeah. And you know, sometimes I I don't know if I. I want to edit that because sometimes caring is cool, Bill. No, it is cool. Like, mm-hmm. let's talk about your Laugh Factory clip. Yes. That's caring. Why is that clip cool? Why do people connect with it? Because you care. That I is your hurt. breakup <laughs> album. That is your 808s and Heartbreak. <laughs> that is your Kanye West. It's my Adele 21. Fucking auto-tune. <laughs> yeah. And Didn't you know I was waiting on you? <laughs> <laughs> waiting on a dream that would never come true <laughs> yes it's true because obviously and, and i talk about it in the bit like we all want to be in love like the men, breakup album is the best every artist's every, breakup yeah. album is oh, the best it's always the best that's why i'm yeah. trying to get broken up with so i can make some music make baby. some great music man <laughs> yeah if you're not doing cocaine you gotta go through a breakup one of the two <laughs> one, one or the other yeah do funk and make cocaine or get your heart broken <laughs> And but like I say, people in their 20s, I said this this weekend in Reno. I was just, I, we could talk about that. I headlined uh, Reno Laugh Factory. Um, and I love, I love fucking these crazy meth addicted red states. I don't know. I just That's feel, where my oh, girl's from, Reno. I'm home, really? Yeah. Not Tahoe, Reno, Reno? Reno, Reno. Like dirt and grime, Virginia she wants, Street. She's a desert woman. She wants to move there. Oh, she wants to be nomad land? She's a Renoan. Oh wow, it is very beautiful. I mean, Tahoe in that area. There's some Rena real beautiful Knight. shit around, but She's Reno in general is a fucking shithole. But I love it. And I love the people there, <laughs> and I love how authentic they are. And they're just kind of everyone there has like a disease. They all have cancer, or they have a broken leg, or there's. I swear to God, everyone I see there is messed up. The the disease is taste. <laughs> Why are you living here, man? <laughs> I swear to God, like I, I like three f- female friends of mine came to the show, and one of them, uh, her friend got murdered. And she has cancer. Another girl had a heart monitor on, and another one of them had cancer too. It's just fucking. I don't know if it's a know, dramatic place. It is a very yeah. My girl is dramatic. Yes. Her music is dramatic. Yes. And apparently Reno. I mean, there's like a, something about the desert and these desert people where there is like a there's a drama and a weightiness. Yeah. Like I'm a forest boy. I'm a nymph. Yeah. Like I like running water and trees and and lush green open mm-hmm, fields, mm-hmm. you know? And she's the good things about the south, yeah. She's happy in like a sandy barren wasteland yeah. with like nothing to eat Ugh. and just like scorpions. A motel with the M missing from the sign. Literally that. And yeah. like and like there's a dead body <laughs> where the fucking front desk should be. There's still a telephone booth out front. You gotta front. check yourself in because nobody even works there. Yeah. You gotta I wash your that. own sheets. Yeah. There's no water. You gotta like scrub them with sand or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. And there's a telephone booth and there's always someone using it. My girl, when she comes home to the apartment, she takes off her boots and just pours sand out of it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, not really, but like that's her personality. That's her personality. You know okay. what I mean? Like a desert woman. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. I get that. That's kind of cool. There's and it is cool. It's badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty badass. So let's go back to uh, <laughs> the moment. But, but I'm not hardcore like that. No, 
like I I want to run around with and eat berries. Yeah. In the woods. Yeah. There's shade and it's yeah. wet. It's it's drizzling. Mm-hmm. Men <laughs> men will never care. Men don't have the capacity to care that women have because women can give birth. And I think that a woman's ability to love their child blows us out of the fucking water any capacity. Like, we don't even know what that's about. Sure, yeah. That's like they the call heart- that mom strength. Yeah, that's like the, 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 the Harry Potter mom that gave him the special fucking powers against Voldemort. You True. Know I mean? A mother's love. Yeah, a mother's love. Like, wow. We don't have that shit. Um, yeah. But we still, like, love, but... I don't know. When I see people with twenties relationships, I'm like, "Look, you have the rest of your life to be miserable. Just stay single now." <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's yeah. A, it's a good time to like, because it takes a long time to to figure out who you are, and it also takes a long time to figure out how you how you connect with someone in a way where you get to keep your individuality and your personality. Yeah. So what happened yeah. with you guys? Things were going sw- swimmingly every time I talked to you. And then, uh, and then you were a little uh, MIA, MIA, MIA on text, and I was like, "Uh-oh, there's trouble." And you're I like, mean, yeah, go everything's through it. Go everything through is it. like. Give me the foreplay. <clears throat> I think it is. I mean, not to go into too much detail. Go into too much detail. She's not going to listen to it. She's never listened to any of the podcasts we've done. Sixty of them. <laughs> Sixty of them. <laughs> Just true. me and you. Well, the one good thing about podcasts is, uh, it, it, like. Unless you're a fan of a podcast, to listen to a foreign podcast yes. is a big commitment. It's a big commitment. Yeah. And like, let's say you said some shit at like an hour in, like, I'm not, oh, I'm going to just in investigatory listening to podcasts of something that you're not, that now if a podcast is about you, I mean, you probably listen to it, right? <laughs> Even then I might not. Yeah. Well, there's no there's no names <laughs> going to be written down. There's no you know. I mean, you could do some like, going, the, quick the, the episode journalism. The, the, the episode notes are going to be like Bill and Tommy uh, talk about the the new tax tax brackets. <laughs> yeah, that there we go. Yeah, so how you hide porn on your computer? You put it under a tax file. Back you should day. start calling all the episodes not porn. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. Um. So things are going good. I had a folder like that on my computer. My mom opened it up and was like, wow, it really is not porn. It's just the most innocent. It was a one word document that said, I love you, mom. Was it really? Get off my computer. No, no, I'm joking. That's actually pretty, that's pretty genius if you did that. I didn't, no. I didn't. But one time I did type in naked in the search bar when mm-hmm. I was like a younger and I didn't really know about like search history and my mom was like, naked she, like she typed n in and it just naked came up that's hilarious she was like what 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 was this and i was like oh like oh uh, i was wondering like what uh, like what a person would look like naked <laughs> and, and and it wasn't was, even porn and this like, was college by the way when yeah this yeah this is this year <laughs> and i didn't even know what porn was I just found a video of a woman running through a field naked. Well, nothing is hotter than that. That's for sure. And that was enough for me as a child. I didn't wasn't even jerking off. I was just like, yeah, you just had the funny feeling, little tingly. I was just kind of like, you just wanted to lay on top of a woman for some reason in your gym clothes, and you didn't even know what it meant. Yeah, I just so, wanted to like have the shower head hit my dick <laughs> for some reason. All right, so Tommy, quit distracting. Let's get to it. I'm going to be your... Because pro- you don't go to therapy, do you? 
Well, it's, you talk to your mom. But that's a conflict of interest. My mom is mom. a therapist. I did go to therapy a couple times, but it was like someone my mom recommended, and it was just felt weird. And I also kind of felt like I felt like one of those movie protagonists, like Sherlock Holmes or something, where you're in there, the therapist, and I'm kind of like battling. Mm-hmm. Like I felt competitive with the therapist. Like I know all your tricks. Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna get me. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those classic chess matches. Absolutely. Where I'm like, I'm not going to open up. I remember near the end of one of those sessions that I did get very emotional. And I was like, never go back. <laughs> never go back. I got, they touched something in me and I was like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, fuck That's- you. I don't know what you're doing to me. Yeah. I don't know who you are. Who do you think you are? But I'm leaving. I'm not coming back. I think most therapists are garbage. I've dated some therapists before. And let me tell My you My mom's good. I'm sure your mom is good. Your People mom sounds say. you're you're a good kid. So your mom did something right, right? No, she's a smart lady. No. I, get to when it, I have me. real uh, relationship problems, I call her. Yeah, you should. She's smart. She's like a fucking doctor of love I, yeah, or whatever. I, my, my mom is just very intuitive. Yeah. She's crazy intuitive. Almost like psychic intuitive. Yeah. That weird like Irish fucking drunk like eh, I know what you're up to. <laughs> And I always thought I was pulling the wool over eyes. I never, ever pull the wool yeah, over eyes. She always, she was is. like, I, oh, this. she's like, why are you lying to me? I mean, my whole fucking life, even now, if I say something, she's, she'll fucking catch me. It sucks. Um, That's how my mom is. But like, imagine if she like trained to yeah. also to like on top of that intuition yeah. to have all these like medical terms for shit. Yeah. Well, my mom does this thing where if I have a problem with someone I'm dating, my mm-hmm. mom will be like, forget her forget she, and my mom will just be on my side 100% and I'm like well we made up oh I really like her she's great she's great this bitch yeah you're right she's like my mom will just completely side with me 100% of the time so it's not always helpful my mom is much more objective yeah sounds like it <laughs> my dad always takes the woman's side <laughs> no like smart man he empathizes with me he's like mm, I feel you what you're saying I feel you you're right I feel that way too but also, you got to be nice to her. Well, because the truth is, as men, there's a mandate on us to always be more empathetic and more patient and yeah. more loving. Mm-hmm. Always. Yep. You can almost, any situation you're in, you can always be more empathetic and more loving and more patient. Yeah. And when the situation is bad, it's because usually you're not. And you're I, not seeing their point of view and you're not getting their emotional situation. I like to practice like hyper responsibility in relationships generally mm-hmm. like i don't feel entitled to anything and i don't have any expectations and if something goes wrong then i like try, try to take responsibility for that or i'd be like there's some type of way some type of chess move that i could have made that would have avoided this situation yes. so on some level i got to take responsibility for not you know and it could not even be my fault half the time usually it's not like yeah. Not my fault in like a, if all is fair and we're all pulling our equal weight, yeah. this situation might not be our fault. But I got to operate in the real world where that's not the case. The shit ain't fair. Yeah. So I did make a mistake, even if it's it should be a certain way. This is how it is. And I did make a mistake, so I should work to correct it. Tommy, right now it feels a little bit like when I used to pick up girls on the road and I'd get a girl back to my hotel room. They'd come at 1 a.m., and they are strung out on coke, and I'm listening to him. I'm like, I are we gonna fuck, Tommy? Are we gonna fuck? Let's talk about this situation. What happened? I need the deets. 
Listen, when the pizza gets here, I'll open up. <laughs> when the box opens, I open. That's because anything to avoid politics, Tommy. Is there anything that you have an axe to grind with uh, in terms of the world today? Is there anything going on right now? Or are there <laughs> in terms of politics? things have happened? Does it? Does it, am I the only one that gets bugged out that Joe Biden wears a mask outdoors? Is that just? Am I being indoctrinated by the Republicans I with just- that? don't care about that kind of stuff (laughs) and maybe that i am probably filling in the role of like the petty petty grievances that were leveled against trump i kind of get how some republicans were feeling where they're like i just don't like the way he stands like an asshole like if i was a republican and i heard that back in the day he just he said this one he flubs his words in the fucking press conference i'd have been like i could give half a shit yeah well, the thing that I realized is everyone is completely fucking, oh, there is, I think Domino's is here already. But, but the two aren't comparable. Joe Biden's doing a much better job. Of course Is he is. perfect? Hello? No. <laughs> yeah, is this the guy from Domino's? Yeah, hi. Um, Domino's. Can you come to the backyard? Do you see where the string lights are? Can you hear my voice? Back here. Hello? Thank you. All right. Um, that's my robbery for uh, anyway um all right yes um all right so um yeah i'm I'm pretty happy with biden he's doing a pretty good job <laughs> is he doing all the stuff i want him to do no but is he doing most of the stuff that i would have expected him to do is yes. he kind of exceeding my expectations in his rhetoric yes he's talking about a hell of a lot of FDR-like stimulus packages and rebuilding infrastructure. That big speech he gave was exciting. Is he going to follow through? Probably not. Um, <laughs> but some exciting ideas being floated. Much more exciting than under the horrendous pseudo-fascist <laughs> Trump fiasco. Well, I mean that... By the way, yeah, Trump is still at Mar-a-Lago. What is it, May? He, there's videos of him coming out, like talking at little gatherings, and he's still like, the election was stolen. Uh, they're still finding votes in, in New Hampshire. It could be flipped over any day now. He went on Hannity last week and gave the same old speech, and uh, honestly, it's pretty sad. It is pretty sad. He's just a sad old man, and he's rambling and rambling, and. No one in his life has the courage or the balls to correct him. No, that's the thing. When you, I think that's a, that's a product of being a rich kid. Yeah, you're never you're never told to shut up or that you're wrong. Uh, other than that, politically, I mean, yeah, I, I, this is what I hate. I this is what I hate about. I haven't been Whenever I listen to like David Pakman, and they'll listen to my guy. I know he's your guy, and they'll listen to not on everything, but most things. He's pretty good. And they'll listen to Ben Shapiro back to Jesus. back just to see back to back. Yes, and then um, they they each call each they each say the other side is being hypocritical. <laughs> sure, all the time. Look at these hypocrites. Thank you. But they're all hypocritical. Nice. Yeah. Um. So that's what that's what. Yeah, yeah. That's what bugs me out is that like everything is completely everyone is hypocritical because <laughs> you're on your side, you're ensconced in your side. And so when someone does something that's full of shit, which they always do. They always do, both sides. You can call them out for being hypocritical. And you're, on, you're listening to Dave Packman like, yeah, that's hypocritical. And then you listen to, yeah, that's hypocritical. Everyone's fine. 
both sides are completely fucking full of shit. I just want people... That's all I want. But I want everyone to realize that everyone's full of shit. Here's the thing. Kamala Harris is full of shit. Rhetorically, and like, if you go into the minutia, yeah, they're both full of shit. But if you break down the actual meaningful actions of both parties and what they accomplish and what it would mean for the country, then one party is like so much more full of shit. <laughs> and I think that is the important thing to focus on. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I, I would say crazy. I go 70-30 on the full of shitness. 70-30? Yeah. <clears throat> I'll give you 90-10. 90-10? Okay. Um, I'm just paying the pizza guy. Do you have a change for that? Yeah, do you have some change? Can you give me um? <laughs> can you give me ten bucks? Sorry, back? this is so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me you just have a dollar. Really? All right, fine. Keep it. Merry Christmas. <laughs> have a good one. <laughs> I just tipped him twenty dollars. Good for all this That's podcast good. nonsense. He deserves it. Yeah, he does. Anyway. He's working hard. Yeah, exactly. I, I just, I don't know. I You did it for the podcast. Now everyone listening is like, wow, Bill, that's a... It's a baller move. <laughs> that's a 100% tip. That was from our patron, Daisy Antonio. Thank you, Daisy Antonio. Um, yes. That guy's going to be able to feed his family. You know what I don't like? I don't like the fact that... All right, um, I'm opening the pizza. This, this middle section, by the way, of like five minutes... Of pizza delivery intercourse, yeah. not intercourse. <laughs> this course, we'll call it intercourse. But now that you have the pizza, that means yeah, you I have to fulfill your duty. Those are you the rules. To, the mandate. God, Tommy, it looks like you haven't eaten, and you're like someone who just got let out of a concentration camp. Look at you. I haven't eaten. Really? I don't eat. Because you're just saving money. I just walk around. <laughs> I mean, it's a, like a fucking ghost. <laughs> I am saving money, but also, like, I don't even know what happens. I have executive dysfunction. <laughs> I don't do things that I'm supposed to do. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I know. We've been there. Um, so, we're not going to do the politics, obviously. All right. Well, enough politics. This has been a... It was fun in Reno to be with a bunch of people, to be in a very mixed crowd with people who are proud Trump supporters, people who are super, super liberal... And making fun of all of them. I'm, I'm always interested to talk to people who are truly on the right wing. Because I always somehow think that I can like change their mind. Yeah, I get that. And I think that part of that comes from just being from North Carolina where there are a lot of Republican people. And I just kind of in certain ways know how to talk to them. Yeah. Not always like I talk to you. Like sometimes you got to really get on their level mm-hmm. and appeal to things that they care about, like their love of America. Like, yeah. like Trump supporters are always afraid of immigration. Mm-hmm. But if you frame it sometimes in a way of like, well, I for one think we're the greatest country of all time, and they'll be like, all right, um, I agree. <laughs> and we have fought bigger wars and made bigger inventions and weather bigger storms than any nation in all of history and they're like all right all right so uh excuse me if i think that like a couple thousand immigrants isn't a big threat to the greatest country sure what do you think about the idea that they want promulgated in schools in public schools in america that and this is part of the infrastructure package that biden's proposing that children should be taught that 
America is rooted in white supremacy. Do you think that's a helpful thing? And I'm on the fence about it because on one level, obviously people should know that it wasn't just like, yay, America, and we have a very spotty past. Right. At the same time, what bugs me about that is that's how countries are fucking made and built. Find a country that isn't made or built that way. You know, they have this weird, oh, the, the, the Native Americans and they just lived up. No, they were all killing each other. They're all fucking maniacs. In Africa, they're all fucking maniacs killing each other. It's like people people are tribal in, by nature. So they okay. always try to they will always try to separate themselves from other people. Whether it's by race um, or by, by boundary or by belief system. Well, I would say that it's a little ahistorical to say that all Native Americans were just running around killing each other. Yeah, but there but, were certain Native American tribes that were completely peaceful and just lived off the land. Were there warlike Native American tribes? For sure, but I mean, they had their own regions and their own cultures, and like it's way more complicated than yes. the idea that. But but ter- territorialism is part of human nature. It just is. It's it's rooted sure. in the family. You have your family. When we were cavemen, we had our family, and we just wanted to protect our family and nothing in our tribe, and then nothing else really mattered. And if someone infringed upon that, you fought. That was just what was for dinner: just violence and fucking rape right. and pillaging. I think that. The violence of the past has to be viewed within the context of the time, right? Like, nobody, nobody's canceling Genghis Khan, you know what I mean? <laughs> but at the same time, I do think people like to assume that certain violent acts were way more normalized or accepted back then than they were. Like... Certain things that happened, like the Columbus genocide on the islands, were even at the time viewed by people in mainland Spain as an atrocity. Yeah. And people, like, there's documentation that says, like, oh, yeah, that dude is insane and horrendous, and you basically just went and killed a bunch of innocent people. Yeah. Like, not everyone was the same level of, like, homicidal racist that certain figures were. Yes, that's absolutely true. That being said, I mean... um. Shit is complicated. It it has happened. I think, and I th- I think that at its best, when I try to figure out why people align with Republican ideology the way they do, at its best, there's a belief that that if you follow the right precepts and there's a social fabric and there's a community and you love your community, that um that you can you can make you can make your life whatever life you want it to be there is something sort of the american dream right yeah it's not just the american dream but it's also if you work hard and you put your nose to the grindstone and I, and I think you start a small I, business and i do think that and just in my own life example and don't like, have any medical problems whatsoever yeah, well, there, there's and if rub. you do you're fucked and you're on your own and we don't yeah. care about you <laughs> or if you have a kid you can't get an abortion because we don't give a fuck once yeah, the kid of is course, born that's awful but if nothing bad ever happens to you and you have a lot of social support from your family then here maybe if nothing crazy happens in the market in the boom bust cycle and you don't invest in the wrong things maybe yeah if you work hard and a magic fairy comes and blesses <laughs> your fucking household, yes, but here's then the problem you can with that: the have prob- a middle class income. But the problem, but the problem with that, <laughs> and your kids can be rich pricks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But the problem with that <laughs> is that 
the problem is that is that it precludes it's kind of like the Bill Burr bit that used to be my bit and I can't do it anymore about believe all women and mm-hmm. believe most women because what about a psycho you know what I yeah. mean and at the end of the day all, utop- all utopias cannot exist because of the fact of a psycho or a grifter so there's always going to be people that are going to look for an opportunity and they're going to grift like and Trump like Trump like um People, and obviously, like it's much better to have a poor grifter than a rich grifter. True. Because poor grifters are not going to decimate the economy like Bernie Madoff. At the same time, when everything is, is geared in such a way and calculated in such a way that, hey, we are creating this utopian world where everyone is getting a, a, fair, sh- a fair shake, then people who do work hard and they do follow the precepts of their community, they feel that... Um, how come? I'm not saying this is right that they feel this way, but the feeling that they, these people get who feel disenfranchised, <laughs> and I guess I'm talking about white people in, in uh-huh. the Trump world, um, they, they, don't, they, they see people cutting in front of them in the line. Right. That isn't what's happening, but that's what they see. And from their place of being a disenfranchised white person, they don't see a recourse other than resentment for sure. it. Sure, I get that. You know? And I, I mean... It's not fun to be scolded, yes, by these fucking woke people, or to be told that the government is uh, like. Here, here, let me put it this way. Okay, okay. Fauci, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fauci told us masks don't work. He just said they don't work. They yeah, they, they don't fucking stop the virus. The virus will get in through the mask. Doesn't mind. And then like he changed his mind. Like a month later, two months later, he said, "No, they work." I didn't didn't want people buying them so that our hospital workers couldn't have them. Yes. He just admitted to lying and everyone's like, ah, it's okay, Fauci, we get it. You got to fucking tell these dumb fucks what to do. And I think that's where people really start blanching at it because they're like, I don't want to be told, just give it to me straight. You Fair know, enough. Like, I, I don't want to be lied to because Definitely you don't think I'll be able to handle the truth. But, it's, it, but that is- The a, hero worship of Fauci is a little bit eye roll. You know and, what I mean? But it's also connected to everything going on right now with critical gender th- theory, critical race theory, this idea that like, you dumb fucks won't be able to to deal with people of other races in a way that is fair and equitable because you're the great unwashed, but we, the elite, will tell you how to make the system right. work better for these people. I mean, anytime people are doing like this race math of you are this amount of white or this amount of another race, therefore you get to have this amount of an opinion on this issue. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, this is stupid and weird yeah. to me. Like, Cause I look, just cause think the general principle should be let's all be kind to each other as human beings. Yeah. Is there an awareness we have to have of race? Do we have to acknowledge race and the many issues that exist with it as, a, as it exists in history? Of course. Yeah. There is no like... I don't see colored people. That's absurd. Yeah. Race is political and it affects the way people are treated and viewed. And there are a lot of policy decisions we can make to improve yeah. people's lives on it. But when people are like, ah, I don't want to elect this person for this racial reason, or you can't have a good idea on this issue because you're this race or let's put this person who's, I don't know. It gets, it gets weird. Yeah. I, I do believe and maybe I'm being too optimistic. I do believe that most people go through the world not thinking about race. 
most white people don't really go through the world thinking about race. And racism is mostly based on ignorance and fear. Um, and when it comes up True. for a lot of these people because of their ignorance, they don't know how to handle it correctly. Um, but it's not this overwhelming th- like heartbeat of racism that's existing among every cracker in America or every Trump supporter. I just don't believe that's that's the case. And, and my experience traveling in America does mm. you know, bears I, that out. I tend to agree with that. I do sometimes think that Democrats think about and and it's difficult because like if I look at a random white person, I don't know what they think racially. Yeah. So sometimes I project a certain amount of my own goodwill yeah. on them sure. and I'll be like, oh, I don't really see race as that, uh, like, it doesn't affect my thought process. Like, I'm aware of it, but I, it, I'm not, I just don't get the hateful aspect of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I've never looked at it, someone who's different and automatically hated them. Yeah, exactly. But I don't really automatically hate anyone for any reason. Yeah, but I think that's most people. I agree that's most people. And I think sometimes Democrats assume that people on the right are like actively hateful. And yes. I did not experience that. Yeah, and when I go on the road, I do, I mean, mostly, I, I, during quarantine, it's mostly red states. And you <sighs> you go to these places and you talk to them and, and, and they're great. And, and there's... It's complicated though, because like, I'm also a white person. So like even looking back to like growing up, I think there was a lot of racism that I just never even never noticed. Saw. I was fair. talking to my friend, um, my, my good friend from high school who's Asian. She came and visited me this last week and she was telling me she owns the, one of the big Chinese restaurants in my small town. Yeah. Very, very few Asian people in my hometown. Yeah. But they are like one of the big, uh, Asian families and they have this big restaurant it's called Twin Dragons it's awesome it's like my dad's favorite restaurant and I was like did you get any like problems racially yeah. with the Trump thing and she was like yeah a lot yeah people were coming in and people were like destroying the property wow. and like tearing up the hedges and saying rude stuff and I was like damn, I'm sure a lot of that was happening when I was growing up. See it, and yeah. I just never would think about it or yeah. be aware of it. And then I was talking to her because like growing up, race and politics was not something that is out in the open as no. it is now. Like the yeah. Trump era changed a lot it of shit. It really did. It sort of conflated politics and everyday life in a way that hadn't been before. And you just like know where everyone stands on shit now. And I yeah. was, it was funny we were having this conversation and I was like, the whole Trump thing changed the way I f- saw a lot of people and yeah. a lot of things. And she was like, yeah, me too. There's a lot of people that like, I can't really look at them the same way. And she was saying that like, she works in an office and she's the only Asian person and like all that there there's a lot of Trump supporters who work with her and they're saying yeah. a lot of stuff like the China virus and when he lost all this is happening she's kind of yeah. like hello I'm right here and I was like damn I, maybe I was like that's that's my only point is that it's so easy for me to assume like the goodwill and like even her she's like yeah a lot of these people are good people but their racism is definitely an issue yeah and, and one of the jokes that I would talk about that got me in a little bit of hot water and I posted on Instagram was um about Nazis being, there's an article about Nazis being on the rise in America. I'm like, Nazis aren't on the rise. I'm six foot tall, 200 pounds, blonde hair, blue eyes. And no one's ever come up to be like, hello, would you like to hear more about the organization? 
and it's a goofy <laughs> it's a goofy joke but in some level i have not when i was younger it happened younger in virginia it happened and it was always it always like was weird when i would see it um or hear it but i don't get uh, I, I don't really see people saying things or doing things that are overtly racist and trying to like wink, wink, nudge, nudge to me like, right? It just doesn't happen to me, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that means that they're hiding it from me because they know I'm not going to be receptive to it or if it means that... Um, and, and I do think that people, when they're told over and over again that because of, of who they are, that they are... And it, this works both ways with the black community. You're told you're a certain way. Yeah. So the resentment that builds from being told that you're going to be a certain way. I mean, a joke I said in Reno goes, look, I, I, I never, I don't think about race. I don't care about the color of your skin. I just want you to drive faster. That's it. Just fucking, if you're in front of me, just drive faster. If you're walking in front of me, walk faster. Yeah. And because ultimately I care about myself, my friends, my family, my black friends, my Asian friends, whoever they are, and I care about them. And... I, I don't think I live in fear of or ignorance of a lot of because I've just been around it so much my whole life. But maybe I'm being fucking, that's my white privilege talking. I Who think knows? a lot of it got normalized and some of it I didn't even notice. But even when I think back, like, I, I remember getting called N-word lover several times. Oh, I was called the N-word because I played on an all-black football team. And the, the, the rednecks opposite me were like, hey, you fucking N. And I'd be like, are you talking to me? I'm yeah. the one white guy. Yeah. And there was a lot of Confederate flags, still is. Yeah. And I mean, if you talk to the people who wave the Confederate flag, they'll tell you it's not racism. Yeah. But also, if you just like hang out with them, like, I mean, racism is a part of their lives also. Yeah. They're clearly not actively separating themselves from the imagery or the lifestyle of racism. Yeah. So that's a choice. Yeah. It's interesting when you go to the South, like I hang in, in Memphis and, uh, and Nashville over the summer. And there's a, like really these really mixed communi- communities in yeah. like really redneck areas where you see like the black guys come up and hug the white guys and they're all friends, they're all yeah, hanging yeah. out because For they sure. work together mm-hmm. and a lot of the working class are, is very diverse. Yeah, Obviously sports is very diverse. The police force is usually very diver- diverse. So um, I think a lot of people, and particularly cops, having again, having a brother as a cop, um, the, the, they're, they're bonded by the blue. Right, and that sort of transcends <laughs> the racism for most cops. So when I'm told that cops are sort of like infiltrated by Nazis and there are all these ways, but and look, that might be true that there are these rogue bands of cops in certain cities that are like that. But I think in general, that I didn't see it from my brother. I, I don't hear it from my brother, and it bums me out because I know that if you are a cop, they're just resigning in droves right now. I mean, I don't know if you know if you look at the stats, but no one. I mean, the numbers are down like. 300% in terms of recruitment, in terms of retirement is up 70%. Um, no one wants to be a fucking cop anymore. And I guess you're saying that could be a good thing, but it could also, you know, we, we, we could also be looking at a situation where America in the seventies, where the homicide rate is like through the fucking roof again. And we don't know. And all we're being told is because of systemic racism, but like we also need a solution that doesn't sound like just a phrase. Um, I guess we will see in terms of the cop resignation uh, thing. I do think in terms of if we want to lower crime, there are ways to do it that have nothing to do with police that we're not doing. So if we have no cops and no 
economic assistance, then crime is almost certainly going to go up. Yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a huge argument about, for example, the death penalty. They say studies have shown that the death penalty is not an actual deterrent for yeah. murder or for violent crime. That makes sense. And that was one of the reasons why it was promulgated because they thought that it would be a deterrent. Hey, if you do this, you could get the electric chair. But it's proven not to, not to be the case. And I would say the same about like getting arrested or jail time. If you are in a situation where you are committing a large-scale crime, uh-huh. I mean, do you think that these people aren't afraid of getting caught or that they care about getting caught? Because they don't. Like, well, what, what they, they, they are at a point of need that outweighs any consequence. Yes, and... The consequence is already bad. Yes. Yes, and... Sometimes what you think you need and what you actually need are two very different things. <laughs> sure. You know, you think you need to have a certain lifestyle hmm. as opposed to you need to survive. Because to survive in America is actually a pretty easy feat. You just had some pizza for a day. You know what I mean? Like you can oh, survive. I mean, I'm killing it. I'm, <laughs> I eat pizza every day, baby. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I make my sad music in my room. And people, because people feel, everyone feels that they're entitled to the best life possible. Okay. And sometimes that means like, I'm entitled to this. I'm a good person. I have a family. I'll do whatever I want for my family. But sometimes that can be a very difficult premise to operate in your life. Yeah. And like, everybody's trying to be a baller. Mm hmm. And it's tough to know what to do about that. Yeah. That's, we have a brain sickness in America that Mm -hmm. drives everything and it is a cultural sickness yeah and it has been around forever Mm -hmm. that what do we value in this country is money 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 and like being better than everybody yeah putting everybody down because when you're talking about capitalism the free market that flies in the face of a utopia right yeah it just does because it 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 becomes darwin's survival of the fittest in an economic scale but it's it's also a cultural thing because i like it's not just the policy. It is also, and I don't even know where we would start to do this, but like the big city mentality of taking everything you can get yeah. and stepping on everyone you mm-hmm. have to on the way to the top yeah, and like fuck all my haters and Everybody who is not with me is against me. And, be- and yeah, and because the individualism, the hyper individualism, yeah. it, it can't and coexist think, with yeah. a happy society. And I think it's worse because now we live in an almost completely atheistic society. So there's yeah. no there's no limiting principle in terms of like, well, this is against my moral code because your moral code has now become what can I do for me and my family? You know what I mean? And so I think that the idea of like I'm doing this for my family has become a real or my community, or my 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 fellow people of my race, or whatever. I think that becomes a real problem for white and black people, and any people who kind of justify horrible acts based on their inherent tribalism. And yeah. I just don't know that some of the that equality and equity are two different things, obviously. Sure. And to to create equity in situations that flies in the face of equality, is that going to work? I hope so. I hope so. I mean, that's the gambit that the the Democratic Party is taking right now. That that their attempts at equity 
with these stimulus packages will actually end up creating a quality. But do you ever think that, I guess this is where I go to, if I extrapolate the curve, will there be a point where people go, okay, there's a quality now. Now we can all move on. Because people will look, will you still- mean specifically racially? Or like, or like between sexuality and gender and all that? I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of connected, right? So sure. I would say, because we're talking about a, a group that has the quote-unquote power and the disenfranchised group, or the perceived disenfranchised, perceived power group, and if there there will never be equality, right? Because right. there will be people who will always work harder and be better and be more talented. Like you can't, we can't. Let me put it this way: we can't make equity happen in the NBA. No, we can't start hiring white. Fucking I don't think anyone wants that. Yeah, I don't think anyone's advocating for that. People like the thing about sports that people really respond to is it's a complete meritocracy for the most part. Right. Right, and it's the the numbers will will prove that. So, um, if you translate that to the rest of the world, that's what this is where the Republican idea comes in. Like, okay, well, same thing. Then shouldn't it just be a merit? Shouldn't America just be a meritocracy based on what? And now, what you're saying is like, yeah, but what about the systemic racism? What about the people who are sick? What about the fact that they're not allowed healthcare? What about the fact that that can fuck up everything? Right. I and don't even think fair. the things that I'm advocating for are that radical. I want a meritocracy too. I just want a safety net. Yeah. I just want healthcare. Yeah. I think that's totally reasonable. Uh, and I want some kind of well-funded education and I want good infrastructure. Yeah. You know what I mean? You I want nice roads and you libraries. Don't, you don't bum me out because... <laughs> When I was dating my not that radical. girlfriend in high school, mm-hmm. uh, who did my podcast, she lives in LA, Kira. Of course. My, my, my lovely black girlfriend that was going to marry at one Anyway, um, I experienced the racism, and obviously she did. We both did. I'm sure and you did. I, I think, and that was like the 90s, and I think, like, man, things are better. So I was performing in Reno, and there was a group of, of five older black, they were probably in their 60s, maybe 70s, these black women. And I said, and I was a little drunk on stage, and I said, guys, I go, are things, are things getting better in America? Do you think that race is getting better in America? And they were all like, nope, it's getting worse. And that broke my heart, because either it's true, and I'm just blind to it all, or th- they are being led to believe that it's getting worse based on the fear porn that the media is pumping out every Hmm. day and i don't know what the answer is to that because i would like to think that people think it and obviously some people do think it's getting better you know i was thinking about a similar thing in the media's role on public perception oh it's fucking crazy i mean if you would see an interracial couple or a gay couple walking down the street in 2021 most people would not bat an eye. I think 99% of people wouldn't. That's got to mean something. Yeah. That's got to mean something. And that's something nobody ever talks about. But what I see a lot of times is like, I keep seeing these little infographics on Instagram. And it has been a year of being inside and witnessing things on our... What do you mean? What is that? An infographic is like a meme with a fact on it. Facts. And these facts, they're like from a a news view, though. They have a point of view for sure, but some of them don't. Like it's like a chart or a graph, or like you flip through and it'll be like things about systemic racism, something like that. And I'd see a couple of them in there, and it'll just be like, uh, like I saw one the other day, and it was like, uh, I saw them a lot 
in regards to Asian hate crimes uh, when that was happening, and it still is, I'm sure. And I just saw one for like Jewish hate crimes, or like a this date, a Jewish man was punched in the face, or this date, this other horrible thing happened, and it was just like a list of three horrible things that happened to a specific race in the entire country over like the span of a month or something. Uh huh. And I was like, this is horrible. But also it's like, is this, are they just cherry picking the worst fucking things that are happening based on a specific race and presenting that as evidence that everyone hates each other? Because I don't think like these things for sure still a problem. I would love to live in a world where you have the infographic and it's, it's like when you're working in a factory 200 in days, 200 odd days since we had uh, (laughs) Jeff's arm get caught in the wood chipper. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would love to have a fucking infographic for America 200 days since any type of racism, right? But when you put up the graphics constantly, it does make you think, wow, I live in a horrible racist place. Yeah. When in everyday life, I you probably you don't aren't seeing see that as much. As much, yeah. And and I will never deny the fact that white privilege is a thing because, of course, it's a thing. Yes. You know how many times I've been pulled over by a cop and they gave me a warning? I definitely will be like, sweet white privilege. I must have bad vibes with cops. cops. Well, you know what it is? Long hair. I'm telling you, when I had long hair, I would always get shit. I would get beat up by cops with long hair. Cops do not fuck with me. They always harass me. <laughs> They give me tickets for like some bullshit. <laughs> Maybe that's, I mean, that's probably also, I'm like a skateboarder. Yeah. So that color. You're a ne'er do well. That colors my relationship. I'm really not, though. You're not. Of course you're not. But, but from their perspective, they look at you and they go, this looks like the meth addict. Long hair, maybe a skateboard. I got my Bernie sticker. Mm-hmm. Maybe my car smells like weed a little bit. They know you don't like them. And I don't like them. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, so it is what it is. And I know my rights like an asshole. I'd be like, I don't consent to shit, you know? <laughs> but I don't know the right wording of yeah. like what I'm supposed to say. Yeah. I'm like a fake YouTube lawyer when they show up. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, y'all can't seize my trunk or whatever. Uh-huh. But I'll say it like that. Yeah. My, my, my trunk is locked, so you can't get the drugs in there. They'll be like, you just admitted to having drugs. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. No, so so we we don't get along. No, I get that. I get that. And I I, I I've changed my attitude towards cops because I did like a I've just worked with a lot of cops and yeah. obviously the brother. But my dad though loves cops. He got let off with a warning my entire childhood because he had the sticker. He had the sticker. I donate. The cops would show up. He'd be like, "Officer, I respect what you do. <laughs> I donate every year. I'm a big fan of the service. Yeah. Always let him off." Always yeah. let him off. Oh yeah. Except except one time he was speeding like a madman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did not did not let him off that time, but yeah, that was some bullshit. Now, um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about this too much more because what I really want to talk about, Tommy, you know pizza. what I want to talk about. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about you got the pizza, so you and your girl things are going good. I she mean, wouldn't have listened to the, she wouldn't got through this part of the podcast. She would have listened to this. Much. No way. <laughs> I mean, I well, I took her to a very, very fancy dinner. Whoa! Like a super fancy dinner because we sold a song. Holy shit! Congrats, man. We sold a song to an ad agency, and I got like over a thousand dollars. That's awesome, man. Cha ching for doing my music shit, and mm. like, 
that was and and I gotta say that would never have happened without her and I'm like eternally grateful to her for that yeah like we were that's why that's why I'm like I think one rocky week isn't necessarily a reason to blow everything up I think everybody's gonna have a rocky week and like if I think to how I was thinking about us and me and her last Saturday yeah I was like I'm so grateful to have this woman in my life she has made my life better and then if I look to the Saturday after I'm like what am I doing with my life do I need to get out of here am I fucking everything up yeah so how did the turn happen? What was the, the? It was just like one bad week, and it's weird because was I, there? There must have been a precipitating event. Fancy Malibu dinner. Okay, so where was it? Was it Nobu? No. Moon Shadows. Moon Shadows. You got to check that place out. They got. Oh, it. I know Moon Shadows. Oh, you know it. That's where all the executives take their mistresses. Yeah. <laughs> out in Hollywood, so they won't be found. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, there was a bunch of oldies. Like I was this young buck, and like taking my girl to Moon Shadows. Yeah, yeah. And uh, eating seafood. Drinking wine, all good. All good. We were we dressed up a little bit. Yeah, I had my new little jacket. I like on. that. Playing adults. We were playing adults. We were like commenting how we were stunting on them. <laughs> Very good times. And we had another trip planned for the next Saturday. I'm going to go to Santa Barbara. Go to a hotel, do a wine tasting, and work shit happened. With her. And we had to cancel. Yeah. And she's just sensitive when plans get canceled and she... Oh, wait, you had to cancel. No, she had to cancel. We both did. Yeah. It was the new song came in. Got it. And we got to, had to do it on Saturday. Yeah. Short turnaround, short deadline. And she just, I mean, I think she's just sensitive and emotional and like also like the vaccine. I get that. I get, I get, all, I get all that. But but what, what exactly happened It was though? a chain of events where like when plans change it's something she's sensitive to and she got very mad and very upset. So, she, she, so the feeling was that she was irrationally upset that the plans were changed and right. if, you felt like she was blaming you for it. Right. And like she was kind of being not mean to me but like just very and a lot of things happened like a dress was the wrong size there's some like eating disorder past thing there was um uh uh, like i got my covid shot and there's this wedding invitation thing and i don't like a series of like sad things that bummed her out and bummed me out happened in a row uh-huh. And she, I mean there's I mean and none of it is really her fault though. Yeah. So you weren't you weren't taking it personally. You were just no. kind of, okay, she's this is a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, she had a panic the, attack. She had the vaccine. And so. she she kind of like sometimes and I'm sure a lot of people who have anxiety. Yeah. This happens to them. Of course. Cuz you have anxiety, now. you kind of get into this spiral yeah. where something bad happens and sometimes there's certain things that trigger and then it's like a sadness spiral. Yes. And and when, you can't, as a man, you can't solve that. I can't solve it. Yeah. I can't talk her out of it. Then her mind starts jumping to all these bad things. About your relationship? Bad things j- about me, bad things about what I'm doing, how people are perceiving her, how she's perceiving herself, how she's perceiving her art, everything, spiraling. Yeah. And, um, and, and, I, you're, and you're listening to this. And, and she's telling me all these negative things, and I'm trying to not argue with her, but like, say no no everything's fine everything's yeah. good and that makes her mad because now she's mad at me i'm not listening and i'm fighting with her and yes. i'm not i'm just trying to correct these these 
like these lies her brain is yeah, telling her. Yeah, because you're 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 listening to her belief system. You're like your belief system about this right now is not right. You're is upset. That correct? Your brain is lying to you. Yes. Your brain is telling you that the whole world is falling down, and I'm telling you, it's everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Everything is fine. Which you think, as a man, is what your job is to do is to make her feel protected and safe. And then she's saying, "I feel so alone right now." You. You're kind mm. of like abandoning me. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm doing yeah. all these things. I'm trying so hard. Yeah. I'm in the room with you. I came over. I bought you these drinks. I'm like trying to make it better. And yeah. I can't even make a dent yeah. in this in this force field of like, I don't want to, I don't even know what it is, but it's, and then she's kind of like maybe yelling at me uh-huh. and, and she, she, she's apologizing. She's like, I'm not, I'm not meaning to do this, but it's like. She's stuck right there. She's in stuck in it. Yeah. And and every time it looks like we're gonna get out, something else was happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little things. And and then Thursday it felt like everything like it was like kind of three days of like very negative. Yeah. And I understand the the impetus to defend yourself yeah. and defend the relationship, defend the, the the state of the union like things are okay you know things are going to work out yeah. but that al- also can can come off like mansplaining it can come off like you're not listening yeah. but the, so that's what the she al- said she said you're not listening to me but the alternative is you sit there and you listen to things that you know aren't right and yeah. you know that are wrong and the especially oh. when she says shit that I'm doing or about me yeah of course or sometimes we'll get into arguments over stuff she sees on social media maybe it's about an artist or something political like she will she was showing me this article that a journalist wrote about this fucking some dumb saint vincent some indie oh yeah i know artist and an article came out on twitter and basically saint vincent went in and was kind of rude to this journalist during the article but it was kind of a nothing piece but St. Vincent is kind of this pretentious indie artist and they yeah. were rude in the interview. And so they got their manager to pull the article. So the magazine didn't publish it. Yeah. But then the journalist, under the guise of some kind of journalistic integrity, sure. published it on Twitter independently wow. saying this needs to be seen. And it was kind of this nothing article and St. Vincent was like being rude, but it's also like I almost... I, more so than maybe I should take the artist side where yeah. I'm like everybody's trying to come for these artists on everything yes and it's exhausting mm-hmm. and this journalist is clout chasing yeah and it's total clickbait total clickbait and like I don't really give a fuck about this whole thing and she was kind of taking the journalist side and was like well St. Vincent's an asshole blah 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 so we kind of got into it about like little petty things yeah and that was kind of going on. And that becomes a whole metaphor right. for everything. And then she'll be like, uh, her perspective on a lot of stuff is negative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very negative. And I like to be positive. Yeah. So sometimes she will present something that is a very negative worldview. And I struggle to accept that. Yes. Just on face value. I, I just Sometimes I just can't accept some like a very negative statement. Uh-huh about herself or about culture how she's been fucked over right she's not being treated right right it could even be that or it could be about her perception of how other people are treating her or see her and i know that the right thing to do is agree with her and comfort her but sometimes it bugs me and i'm like if you want to improve your life if you want to improve these situations 
you can't keep seeing things like this. Yes. Like, you got to take a little personal responsibility and adjust your strategy. Yeah. And I don't say it in those terms, but sure. that's how I feel. Yeah. Because that's how I approach my life. Yeah. And I just know that I'm going to get better results for it. Yeah. Rather than... I don't even know. It's, but it goes back. It goes back to almost what we were talking about in the beginning about like the idea of personal personal responsibility. It is how much of your life is personal responsibility, and how much of your life is the result of uh, systems in place that are holding you down or fucking with you, whether it's your race or your your gender or whatever it is. And sometimes, you know, the, I, I think there's something very positive in the belief that like you have personal responsibility for your choices and what you can do and what you can create and what you can manifest. Yeah. And people, it's good that people know that that option's there. However, sometimes if you're feeling stuck or trapped and you're not moving forward, you don't see that. And if yes. someone's telling you to see that, you're like, fuck off. Yeah. And that's kind of maybe what's happening. But it's also like, I think her life is going great. And I think she's super talented. Yeah. And I think her music is good. I think she's got a good job. I think she's good at her job. I think people like her. And yeah. I think her life is on an upward trajectory. But when she describes her life to me, yeah. it's all negative. Yeah. Like, ah, people don't like me. My music is bad. It's impossible to make it as an artist. Uh, this that and I'm and I keep telling her no you're doing great you just got to keep with it because I am politically that we should change systems to make it easier for everyone to make it yeah. but personally I am incredibly uh, self-starter personal responsibility it's all up to you yeah because I mean I would love for the government to be at a place where they're giving everyone an equal chance but there is no guarantee that anything like that will ever happen yeah and if it doesn't, are you just going to sit around and give up? Fuck no. You got to like grab life by the balls. Yeah, exactly. Like with my, my daughter, you know, and my daughter grew up with a, a mom who is tripolar and mm. tripolar, um, you know, bipolar borderline personality. And yeah. she, um, and my daughter just uh, suffered through it. And it was, it was very hard for me to, as a dad, to give her advice about what she needed to do. And literally sometimes the best advice I would give her was the old uh, uh, quote about Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. I'm like, you have to do everything the same, but backwards and in high heels. Yeah. And you just do. Mm -hmm. You just, you have to be better. You just have to be yeah. that strong, have to be better because it isn't geared. You don't have money. It isn't designed to make you flourish. You just have to be better. Yeah. And accept that that is part of your lot as a woman to do it backwards and high heels. Yeah. And same thing with with you know if if you're if you're black you have to be a lot of the time you just have to be better and that is a shitty thing to hear but it's also the way out of 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 systems of oppression yeah you know and and I politically will continue to advocate so that it is less unfair but individually but individually you yeah. got to hustle yeah because individually if someone is you can't is, wait around if some if individually if someone is is describing their life as a system of of you know oppressive regimes kind of taking their taking their joy and stopping their art or stopping their self-expression it, it's hard to know how to talk to someone about that yeah because you it's like people well things are things are hard for everyone that's the that's the the pat response it's hard for everyone like don't be a fucking wimp just fucking fuck yeah. it up 
And that is true. It is harder for, for some people. And I, It's insulting to hear someone say that while at the same time politically advocating for things that are making your life harder yeah. and are not acknowledging that you have it harder. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I think also for you, Tommy, is like you're living. You, this is your girlfriend who you admire and you respect, and you think she's living a great life. And you know how hard you work, and you know what you're trying to do. And she's complaining. You're like, well, if you're complaining, then what does it say about me? If you think that your life is shit, then you must think that I'm shit too. Because what well, the fuck? That's the thing. Is like I'm very positive, but sometimes I make her feel bad. She thinks that she has a negative. She's like. You make me feel bad. Like when you present your perspective, it makes me feel guilty for having such a negative perspective and it kind of makes me feel bad about myself. And I'm like, that's not really what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to shame you for what you think or feel. I'm just trying to to, to say that like, you don't have to listen to the most negative voice in your head. And that if you allow yourself to believe the world is a little bit better or that you're a little bit better it will be easier to do good things yeah. and make good things because it, that's just how the brain works it's For just sure. how the fucking world works is yeah. if you believe in yourself you will have good momentum and things will it's like the fucking law of attraction i mean absolutely it's like, that's what it is it, it, it's real like yeah there's part of it like the secret or whatever is like voodoo bullshit but there is a real part of it where mm -hmm. if you v are vibrating at a positive energy yeah people will just be attracted to you and like you yeah i mean i can't tell you working with tiffany haddish for so many years tiffany haddish had the the most positive attitude about her success in hollywood yeah she's like i'm gonna make it i'm gonna be friends with oprah she'd be up there like in long beach in front of 30 people going i mean oprah gonna be hanging out one day and you're like really tiffany and she would say that with full commitment mm -hmm. and sure enough her and Oprah are homies it ain't bullshit and at the same flip side of the coin everybody has that one friend who's just like a storm cloud individual yes who just like bad shit just keeps happening to them yeah they keep like never being able to get out of it every guy like, is a piece of shit that they dated or every woman is everyone's down. mean to them they're bad with money and this is happening and this is happening and they the universe is just against them yeah for sure and part of it is like dude you got to change your perspective absolutely and it's so hard once you get into that spiral it's like uh -huh. a whirlpool and yeah. it'll pull you down yeah and when and i have had those negative thoughts about myself maybe that's why i'm sensitive to it sure and i and when i'm with someone who is having all those negative thoughts it's tempting to fall into that pattern again. Absolutely, because then being, you have a compatriot to, to bitch about with. Right, and so, and I, I just, I'm scared. And I maybe I'm like more sensitive when someone is being super negative around me. I do correct them. Yeah. Because what I'm really doing is I'm correcting myself. Yes. Because I don't want to fall back into that pattern Bingo. because I've been there. Yes. I've been in the whirlpool and I yeah. have, it was hard to get out. Yeah. And I've, I mean, even more recently in the pandemic, I just, I know that I'm not that far out of the whirlpool. Yeah. And when I feel someone pulling me into the whirlpool, I get I get antsy. Yeah, of course. And I want to get out. Yeah, I get that. I think that makes a lot of sense. And so do you believe that, because I've been in this situation, do you believe that her operating system mm -hmm. just needs to be updated in that capacity? Do you think that she has an entrenched operating system based on her childhood and her growth that is sort of like um, inherently negative that that if she just was able to kind of 
uh, like reboot or change the operating right. system by some sort of transformational therapy or something or whatever mm-hmm. it is that everything would be great. I mean, I do think that like therapy is helpful for everyone. Did she do therapy? Did she? she I think she did for a while. She did for a while. I um. Does she have a belief system that kind of gets her through, like religious or philosophically, or is it a pastiche of different things? She's, she's like post-religious. Yeah. But I'm also post-religious. Yeah. But I also had like a good experience with religion. Mm-hmm. She did not. And I think a lot of people did not. Yeah. But I also think that my good experience with religion has a lot to do with my parents. Yeah. And and I also think that it's so unfair for me as someone who had two parents who were kind mm-hmm. to expect someone whose parents weren't kind to them yeah. to be on the same page as me. Yeah about things like gratitude or positivity mm-hmm. or like worldview like it's so unfair for me to be like why don't you see it how i see it mm-hmm. when ev- so much of my life was like kind older people reinforcing to be positive yeah. and like correcting my negative thoughts being yeah. like no 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 like my dad especially more than anyone if he p- passed one thing down to me it was do things with a good attitude and be positive. Yeah. And he wasn't always happy. You know, I could tell there was a point in my childhood where he was kind of like depressed. Sure. But he knew that it was important to like, to switch. Mm-hmm. Whenever I would be complaining or something, he would be like, you got to look at it positive. Yeah. Even if, and things will just work out better for you. When I was, People notice. When I was a yoga teacher, one of the reasons why I kind of quit yoga cold turkey, because there was this sort of, this idea that pervaded the whole yoga scene, which is you have to be positive and everything's good energy, good energy. And if someone came in with quote unquote bad energy, yeah. you were like, Hey, no, I'm not gonna be around your bad energy. I can't, yeah. no, I'm not around bad energy. <laughs> I, I can't be, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm happy. I'm a positive guy. I can't take your negative bullshit. Right. Which is actually doubly negative. So yeah. uh, it, it's almost like when you have that belief system of being positive and someone's come out with a negative, you have to have be the master of of maintaining your positivity yes. without sort of um, making them feel bad about their actual feelings, which are valid. Yes. Which and, is really hard to do. And also bad things happen in the yeah. world. And you can't just pretend you're not sad. Oh, you, you got sexually assaulted? Hey, you know, you just got to buck up and, you know, that of course not. That is also super bullshit. Yeah. And, um... And I don't mean to sound like someone who's who's all. You just have to pretend things are good, and that things are good. Like it's like the Dave Chappelle bit. Oh well, maybe if you just believed you had a fucking sandwich, you wouldn't be hungry right now. Like, yeah. Obviously, the the manifesting shit is only so good. It's, yeah. It's more of like a general principle, and also I'm patient. Like if she gets sad, I'm the first one who will be like, all right. I'm mm-hmm. cool. I'm patient. Mm-hmm. We will. I will sit here and I will slowly build up at a natural pace to like yeah. a good mood again. Yeah. And I'm all about that. And you know what? She does the same for me. Yeah. I'm not always killing it. Of course. Sometimes I doubt myself. Sometimes I get anxious. I'm feeling sad and she makes me feel better. Sometimes I think as a man too, when you have the mandate of really wanting to be there for your woman and protect her emotionally and protect yeah. her physically and da 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 and then she says something like, I'm all alone. 
Yes. Or you're not helping me. Or gosh, I can't believe like uh, everything I do. And you go, what do you mean? You're f-? like, that is a very, that taps into really deep psychological roots in men of like, what the fuck do you mean you're you're alone? That oh that hurt me. She she kept saying stuff like I feel so alone right now. Yeah. While I was in the room. Of course. And and I'm like, I'm doing everything like, and I'm I'm not like half-assing a lot of this relationship shit. Like I'm really trying. Yeah. And and I'm and that kind of hurt my feelings, but it also like made me doubt all the stuff I'm doing. So anyways, the the week. Normally I'm patient and that stuff all blows over and everything's fine. But the week was like consistently hard. Yeah, yeah. And there was just a lot of bad news and, and a lot spiraling. of bad times. And and um, how did she get out of it? Was there was there a moment where she kind of like snapped out of it, or was it kind of just kind of faded well, away? Well, it never really was. Yeah. It was like Thursday came and I had got my COVID shot, and she was like, "I'm gonna make you soup. And I'm gonna take care of you when you're sick." And so I was like, "Oh, Thursday. This is about to be about me." Mm-hmm. she's gonna be nice to me this yeah. is gonna be a day where i'm i got the shot attention is back on me which is good because the whole before yeah. this has been very very me doing emotional labor yeah but then like another thing happened and it triggered and before i knew it, it's like i just got my shot but now i'm also yes. doing the same thing we're back You're i'm back. still doing it like i did eat a bowl of soup but i mean it wasn't <laughs> that it, and then the next day came and like things were a little bit better. But then I remembered I had to go to my show and I could tell that she was kind of bummed about it. And now I'm feeling guilty about doing stand up. And that yeah. but rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, yeah. I cannot be feeling guilty about doing stand up. Yes, That's my course. fucking thing. That's the thing. I cannot be with someone who makes me feel guilty about doing what I love to do. Yeah, of course. And then, and then she was like, it was right before I was going. She was like, why is your face like that? Why, are you, why do you look so upset? And I was like, it's nothing. It's nothing. I'm just kind of like feeling weird. She's like, what? What is it, what is it about? Is it about something? I'm like, nothing. It's just my life. I'm just kind of like assessing things. I don't know. No, don't worry about it. And she's like, is it about us? Is everything cool with us? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, you know what I mean? I was yeah. kind of being honest in the moment. Of course. And I said, I don't know. And I'm just kind of like thinking about things. Which sounds to her, who's already feeling alone, like, oh my God, this guy is not going to leave me. <sighs> right. And and I, she kept pressing, so I said something. And then I was like, I just want to clarify, like, I, it's nothing crazy. I don't want to break up or anything. I'm just feeling kind of overwhelmed at the moment. Yeah. And then I went to my show and I came back. It was very awkward. And, and then we were, I, I was in the apartment. I didn't even feel like getting back into bed. Yeah. I felt unwelcome in the bed. Yeah. She was going to bed at like 9.30. I was like, what the fuck? This is weird. Yeah, you just did a show. You're probably amped up. I'm amped up. She kind of running away from me emotionally and in the conversation. And then I got in the bed and I was like, we need to talk because this is just so weird. I, I feel so, I don't like how this is feeling. Yeah. I don't want to go to sleep like this. So I said, uh, you know, I'm just feeling overwhelmed at the moment. This has been a stressful week and maybe I just want a little bit of space. Mm. Maybe some boundaries or something. But the way I guess that and I said, I don't want to break up. Nothing crazy. I just need a little bit more time to myself. And then I also said she was gone this whole month. And also, we haven't been having sex, really, for this month. Because she's been out of town, like, most of the time. Yeah. And even when she got back in town, was like, all this negative shit. I don't know. Maybe we had sex, like, three, two, three times. Now, let month. me ask you this. Not to stir up your brain, your mm-hmm. monkey brain, but do you think that when she was out of town, something happened? Maybe not physically, but do you think that... Um, I've always had this experience sometimes where if I'm dating a woman, things are cool, and all of a sudden they come back at me with this 
energy that I wasn't expecting. Sometimes it has to do with, I'll find out later, it has to do with like a guy or an ex that contacted them and they, not like they had sex or anything, but like it stirred up something and it made him look at my, our relationship and kind of brought these other questions like, wait, maybe this guy isn't, you know. So do you, when she was gone, were you in communication a lot? Did she have any well, confusing moments? just to be clear, zero of that. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely not something I ever thought about, ever worried about. Yeah. We were in constant communication. She was stressed with work. She was busy. I we were pretty much on good terms. We were FaceTiming. I was taking care of a cat. Like it was it was fun. It was fun, yeah. But we we um you know, well we weren't like hooking up, obviously. Yeah. She's out of state. Not out of state, but out of state. But when she came back from being out of state, it was not It was good. It was good. It was, it was exciting. Good for a while. We went to dinner. It was okay. amazing. It was amazing. It's okay. just this fucking catalyst of all this is the plans getting canceled. Yeah. And yeah. then it just snowballed from there. So so I know you I'm sorry, go ahead. Well anyways, the next the next morning she took needing space to mean like maybe we should break up. She's like, Maybe I'm just not ready to be in a relationship. I'm too negative. I'm think I feel like I'm dragging you down. I feel like I'm making your life worse. Um just maybe we should shouldn't be dating. I shouldn't be dating anyone right now. That's a tough thing to hear. Yeah. Because even if it's coming from an authentic place and she's taken off what you said, you want her to fight back against that. <laughs> well, it. I mean, I cried low key. Yeah. Not like bawled my eyes out, but I was like. Like single tit, like Denzel Washington nah, glory, it was, it like was a like, tear down It was the like cheek. a real cry. Like I was yeah. kind of tearing. Yeah. I was crying a little bit. I was like, that. That really bums me out. This is really just, I didn't really mean it like that when I said it, but now this is like, it's kind of like, I just didn't th- see it escalating to this so quickly and it's already been such a hard week. And I also don't feel like in the wake of this kind of like six day negative period that we should be making big calls like this. Yeah. I feel like we should give it a little bit of time. We shouldn't be saying yay or nay on this like multiple month overly positive thing because one week is bad. Yeah. But anyway, she went to get her shot and then she came back and we had to work on another song. And she, you know, so it was back to business and that kind of like replaced the conversation. We were kind of getting along a little bit more. And then, and, and okay, here's another thing that didn't like rub me the wrong way or nothing like that. But like, I mean, it did, but I didn't do anything at the time. I'm, I'm putting some shit down on the song, doing some mixing and uh there's a text and i see that the most recent person she texted is this fucking guy the same guy that we got into the massive fight about and <laughs> and i know she hasn't really been texting this guy but the fact that she we would have this like faux breakup conversation and yeah. she drives and she's mad at me and then she texts this guy Wait, Ooh, that do, you know, me mad. do you know that she texted him oh for sure for yeah. sure the timing of it all come on i know exactly what it so is so you saw the text come in from him yeah and i didn't respond i was cool as a cucumber uh-huh. i kind of ex- exhaled and she's like is everything okay she was, i think she wanted to see if it was bothering me uh-huh. and i was like you know hey i gotta breathe don't i <laughs> that's what i said and and i just moved right along everything's fine and then and then we kind of like spent some time. She got sick from the shot. I took care of her. I drove her to her job. We finished the song. They loved it. The clients liked it. Everything's good. A couple days went by. No, I mean, that was yesterday. Literally, I'm talking about. And now today we're texting. 
everything's good. She's saying like, I want to try and be less negative for you. I want to this and that. She's kind of like floating positive ideas. It seems like things are good. We agreed that we would give it a few days when she comes back. She's going to give me a week. She's going to give me a little space. I mixed her song. She's got this song she was working on. I was over there. She was sick. I was like, I'm going to just hop on the computer. I mixed it. I made it sound way better because yeah. I'm getting pretty good. And um, she was very grateful. I submitted a week and a half ago when we were still on really good terms. I submitted one of her songs to this playlist website and I paid like 30, 50 bucks and they got picked up by this like Spanish playlist Yeah, and it got her like 300 plays, 300 new listeners. And I was, I just sent her the screenshot. I was like, I hope, I hope you're having a good day. This shit got picked up. And I was like 130,000 listeners on this playlist. Oh, wow. <sighs> and, and that's happening. And that's the other things. It's like, I'm so invested in her and her goals and her dreams and I want her to win so bad. Yeah. And I, I don't really want to break up with her because I really care about her and I'm, I'm like, and I care about all the energy that I've put into mm -hmm. all these things and all the plans that we made and like, yeah. I give a fuck about that. I don't yeah, want to just course. walk away. But also, like the summer's coming up, I'm double vaxxed, there's a bunch of hot girls <laughs> that I would probably like to do a thing with i was at my show on friday after we got in this fight and then there's this one girl from the internet that was there and we i met her in real life and i was like damn this girl is hot i'm double vax like the summer this is going to be like the summer of love everybody's going to be freaking this 20s. summer the roaring 2021 maybe i want to be single like i was kind of feeling and i had come to i was thinking about the whole breakup thing and i was like maybe being single would i would be a happier person Mm. I don't want to be in a relationship that's going to make me sad and negative. Yeah. I don't want to have to be doing all this emotional labor. I'm trying to, I'm young. I'm not trying to get married. I'm trying to hustle. So I have these two things weighing against me. And also, uh, but then, but then I was texting her today and I was thinking like, I really care about this girl. Like, I don't want to, when she comes back, I want to. Where is she now? She's working. Okay. Uh, and, and it's just been, it's been a very difficult thing to weigh and think about Yeah. because I, this is probably the most serious relationship that I've had. Absolutely. Yeah. And I said, I love you and I meant it. And did she, did you address the text from the guy? No, still haven't. No. I might bring that up when we have like a more serious conversation about this in a week. Cause I talked to my mom and she was like, you should give it a week. See how yeah. you really feel. Yeah. I talked to my parents and they were both kind of like, eh, probably stay with this girl. I talked to my friends and they were all like, dump her, bro. <laughs> oh, man. No, I don't think you should dump her yet. Obviously not yet. There, there, there's, too, there's too much love. There's too much um, there right now. But I, I do think it's an interesting thing to, to note. And that doesn't mean you got to hold it against her. But it's also, you know, see if she makes the effort. See if she catches herself. And I think she will. It's all hard because I know she genuinely cares about me. Clearly. And I care about her and she's just sensitive and I'm sensitive too. Yeah. But but that's the thing is I don't get to be sensitive all the time. I don't always get credit for being sensitive. Of course. As a man, you won't. If she, if she yells at me, like there was a point where she yelled at me in a way that if I had done it to her, ooh, it would have been a fiasco. Oh, of course. Of course. And, and then she later on was like, sorry, I yelled at you like that. I know that was wrong. And so, so she acknowledged it. That's great. But also, in the moment that happened to me, I just rolled right off me. I don't care. 
Yeah. And that's probably also why it's different. Yeah. Because she does it to me. I'm like, eh. I do it to her. her. Yeah. Big fucking deal. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's part of the the burden of being a man. Is that's just the burden of being a man. It kind of is, you know, because you have to be, if if you're in a bad mood, um, a woman will often match it. Yeah. It's, it's, sometimes they'll be able to talk you down and placate you, but in general, like, they'll take it personally and they'll they'll match it and they'll come out well this and then it becomes yeah. a whole fucking fight so um it's not that you have to completely bottle your emotions um it definitely helps have other outlets for your emotions you're as right opposed to your relationship <laughs> i just made a fucking sad song <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i deleted twitter also i did deleted you? i deleted twitter off i did phone. too i was like i can't be doing this anymore this is bad what was mental happened, health. What was happened with twitter with you I just every time I just had enough. It wasn't even a specific tweet. I was just like, "This is bad for me." Yeah. I tweeted today. I still sometimes tweet off my computer. Yeah. I'll just drop one. I today I I tweeted. Uh, my happy friends are not on this website. My happy friends do not use this website. Is <laughs> av- currently over a thousand likes. Of course. Because everyone on Twitter knows that it's poison for them. Yeah. It's it is literally the cigarettes of our time. It's like. And I can't quit it. Yeah, completely. You can right? quit sort of. Taking it off your phone is big. That's now I've just big. been on Instagram. Huh? Now I've just been on Instagram. Which, but I think Instagram is a safer space to vent. Instagram is a much safer space, I would say, especially for me. I think it can be very toxic for women because there's a lot of like body, body issues shaming, on there. Yeah. But for a man, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So it, for me, it's just like, oh, skateboard videos. Yeah, yeah. W- women's relationship with Instagram is is much more complicated than for it sure. is for men, because there's a lot more competition with other women that they're feeling. I mean, I guess for men, you see it with comics if they're like, oh, "I'm here, I'm here, I'm doing this." I, yeah. I see that, but yeah, there's that. Um, but I don't give a fuck. I, I stopped giving a fuck once the pandemic was happening. I'm like, yeah. I guess there are a couple people who are like killing it, who <laughs> who really like found their niche. Yeah, who found like, their fucking thing. They blew in the up pandemic. in quarantine. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, whatever. Okay, here's the other problem with Instagram. Hot girls. Mm-hmm. I get on Instagram and it's just a fucking skateboard videos and hot girls. Yeah. That I ain't with. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, that's a nice ass. <laughs> So-and-so, not going to like that. You're going to scroll on past that to the yeah, next you can't like big it. ass. You can't like because they will track what you like. They will say, why did you like this video? I'm like, you can, I didn't know that you could see what, what people like on Instagram. I, w- I didn't even know that to this date. Yeah. Probably been liking all sorts of stuff. Yeah, you can't like anything anymore. You can't like a hot woman anymore. <sighs> Whatever, it's all fucking dumb. And I think it's good. I think I think you're in a good place. I think your head your head's on right for it. You just gotta like, you you gotta stay in the pocket for a little bit and be more empathetic and more compassionate. And hopefully, she she at least recognizes now that yeah. that is her mo, and that maybe it's not serving her. I will. Can I say another thing though, that I'm really grateful for about this woman is that we do communicate very well. Yeah, that's good. Like we use the tools that almost a couples therapist might recommend in terms of like communicating. You have the how same we feel. tools. Yeah, we have the same tools, and we can speak the same language. And we can navigate most fights without it getting like real nasty. Even when things are up or down, 
and even this week it was like even when times were bad we were generally navigating them in a pretty healthy way and i can't really take that for granted like even if like even when she's expressing like the ways that i'm fucking up she's doing it in a like a healthy way it doesn't make it easier to hear yeah but at least she's not she's not like attacking me personally or trying to belittle me in a in a cruel way yeah it is it is more like genuine expressions of her feeling in a way that i can't really be mad at and and i think i maybe was sensitive to yeah i don't know it's all it's all complicated and i'm trying to figure it out well, it sounds like that's what you're doing. It sounds like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And don't listen to your guys who are like break up because of course guys want you to be single. Yeah. They, they want you to be like, they want to go out and fucking cruise and I know. crush puss. But I kind of want to cruise and crush puss. Nothing wrong with that. But I also don't want, sometimes I'm like, I almost wish that we could just become friends and everything would be like the same, but I can just cruise and crush puss. Yes. But, Nah, <laughs> that ain't that ain't the world we live in. No. <laughs> well, shit, Tommy. I, I I'm rooting for you, man. I think it's gonna be good. Everything will be fine. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna continue to be nice and supportive because that's how I feel. And just like recognize, like your your like you said, your your triggers. Like when she says this stuff, it triggers you because it makes you think about your stuff. And don't let your trigger inform the conversation yeah and just really if you can because so so many times like if you're listening to a woman and you want to go but that's fucking bullshit that's a bullshit flaw and you just sit stay in the pocket and you listen a lot of times they'll come around to the fact that they're being fucking moody you are so right you are that is like a plus a one advice right there women a lot of times it's like waves. It's like an ocean, right? Like it's like the tide because it got a crash, but after it crashes, it recedes. Yeah. And uh, similarly controlled by the moon, the ocean and women. Yeah. And you are so right. Like if they say something that's totally outlandish and you agree with them and you comfort them and you're there, they'll be the next day saying, you know what? I don't really feel that way. Yeah. I was kind of just feeling that in the moment yeah they'll admit that they were just being emotional and hormonal or whatever it is and 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 it is it is the test of a man to not yeah have to fucking ex- to correct them to on solve. the name of the character well, it's the in the movie it's the, you know what i mean it's the men are from mars women from venus thing like you know women need to vent their feelings without any solution and and men want uh when men have their feelings they want uh, they want the problem to be solved and i feel like i'm usually good but it just it was just like the longest it week was a lot yeah and it wore me down it became personal it felt like it was a personal attack on you and it didn't help that on friday when that shit went down it was like the day after i got the covid shot and i was feeling like flu like symptoms yeah i was feel i had a bad headache i had body aches i was feeling bad physically as well as all this shit had gone down so i was just like irritable to the point of yeah i'm gonna say some shit that i regret yeah yeah uh, and sometimes you're like fuck it yeah i was like this let is how burn. i feel let it burn would you deal with it <laughs> this is how i'm feeling this is what i've been bottling up because i don't want to hurt your feelings this is the truth yeah 
And I even said, I don't know if I'm going to feel like this tomorrow, but this is how I feel today. Bob, but it don't matter. <laughs> None of the. I couched the key statement of criticism in so much goodwill and charitability. But none of it all's gone instantly once the key nugget of truth yeah. that criticism that's what they hear yeah and, ah, and that's, that's what they'll remember forever forever <laughs> is that little they won't remember the context the they bought him flowers you took him to dinner the fancy fucking dinner it's the beep 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 this is the bullseye yeah 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 anyways I have been venting someone's gonna listen to this. When my fucking album takes off. <laughs> What's the name of the sad song you wrote? When it uh, comes happy, happy Friends. Happy Friends. All right. It's all about how uh, I'm getting off Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that, man. I could play it. Oh, shit. Yeah, play it. Wait, man. maybe I shouldn't. It's kind of weird. <laughs> play it, play it, play it. This is just me. This is like my venting song that I made today. I make these sometimes and I never know whether to like post them or what to do with them. I want to make like a solo album of like, it's only a minute long. All right. All right. Fuck, I, I overpromised, but here we go. Yeah, you can do it, do it. All right. Put it in some like. my that's my twitter song (laughs) i i uh i wrote that today after i did my happy friends post on twitter i'm trying to come up with like one minute long meme songs perfect for for tiktok and basically tiktok music that's just kind of like weird goofy loops yeah yeah and then if one of them takes off i'll like write it into a full song yeah yeah i like that anyway pretty kind of weird angsty like faux gorillas people probably listening to that be like that was whack <laughs> that was no. weird also i'm playing it through the microphone yeah, you don't and you can't really hear any of the bass which is the only instrument in the song so it's kind of like me singing like a possessed doll about some social media drama but uh but anyways i hope you all enjoyed that <laughs> yeah man check out run the fools <laughs> that's right run the fools where can people find that spotify apple music wherever so then go alexa play run the fools and it'll play uh probably shit yeah man I'm yeah if you you can shazam us we got over a thousand plays on a couple tracks nice man i don't know it was fun oh we got booked me and aaron monte oh fuck we're going to new jersey to perform a song nice man we're paying for the plane ticket but they're paying like 
150. Yeah, dude. So fucking, we're just like, you know, taking the opportunity. That's fucking awesome. Film it. You know what I mean? Make be- make most of it. Yeah, I'm a rapper now. No big deal. <laughs> also, I'm selling a couple songs where I'm not singing, obviously. My singing voice is uh, still a puzzle I'm looking to it's solve. It's pretty good, man. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> fucking better than me, that's for sure. Um, well, shit, Tommy, man. It's always good to see you. I'm, yeah. Uh, you know. I hope the pizza didn't weigh you down too much. No, You look no, sadder no. now than when you started. Well, I don't know. I mean, I kind of, I talked too much. I exposed no, myself too much. But I think what you're, what you're expressing is almost the issue with the relationships. It's like, how, how can you be there for, as a man, how can you be there for a woman and make her feel supported without um, feeling like you, your own personal boundaries and belief systems are being infringed upon. And the thing is, you have to realize that they're not being infringed upon. That's just your perception. Yeah. And to let it go, because w- women will, will, will usually, nine times out of ten, just come back, come back in a different emotional space Yeah, and recognize what they're doing. But you can really fucking, like, make it a lot worse by interrupting that <laughs> fucking rant, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so true. It's like, it... It is like a fire, mm-hmm. and you just got to let it burn out. Yeah, you pour you, water. It's on a controlled it burn. Yeah, it's a controlled burn. You do not have water. Yeah, you, you just gotta surround it with rocks and let it burn out. Yeah, anything you throw onto it is, is gonna make it. It's just oil. Yeah, the only thing you have is oil and branches. Yep, and if you interfere with it. That's some fucking oil and branches. Yep. Leave it alone. Surround it with rocks. Make sure it doesn't spread. That's all you can do. Yep. You can just, you can make sure the trees around it don't catch yeah, on fire. Yeah. But the burn itself, you just got to let it fizzle But out. when you throw the branch in there and then the fire jumps up, you're like, what the fuck? No, of course. Yeah. <laughs> now you're holding a flaming branch. <laughs> fuck are you going to do with a flaming branch? That's good. You should write a book about that. That'll be the, the next big self-help book. It'll be good, Tommy. It'll be good, man. All right. You, it, uh, you got what you wanted. I love it, dude. <laughs> Thank you for being honest, man. And guys, thanks for listening. That's, that's our our dear friend, Tommy Wakefield. You're going to be all right, buddy. All right. Bye, guys.